Welcome to Seat Time, the online show for the off-road enthusiast. For the February episode of Seat Time, we're chatting with Crystal Levesque, better known as Crystal Loves Moto on Instagram. Though her handle ends in moto, these days she's a hardcore enduro rider and racer who loves the challenge of gnarly, slick single track. Not only do we cover how she got into riding, but we chat through what riding in Canada is like. Who works on and supports the public trail system? Why is she so aggressive towards riders with recluse clutches? And are all Canadian girls tomboys? If you enjoy this episode, please share with your riding buddies or leave a review. The Why I Ride project is still going strong. If you haven't submitted your story yet, please do at seattime.co. Lastly, if you need Seat Time branded merch for those weekends of getting seat time, grab them at shop.seattime.co. Thanks for listening. Here's Crystal. And we're going to bring you in. Crystal, welcome to Seat Time, the second podcast of February 2021. Excited to be here. So I have to ask just easily, how are you doing on this fine evening? I'm doing great, Brian. How are you doing? Oh, well, I'm up a little bit later than I am normally. The kids are in bed. I've done the reading. I don't know if you've ever looked into Junie B. Jones, but that is what my kids are now reading. Well, I, I'm reading to them, and I feel way better about myself in life now that I'm reading this book. I feel like I've actually come way further than I think I thought I had. <laughs> but, I actually don't read books at all. So. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so it, I can't it, relate. But <laughs> can you read is the, the real question. I can read. Well, okay, I spend a lot of time on social media reading. So, but I don't, you know, I haven't dug into a good book in probably like four or five years. And most of the time it's a self-help book. <laughs> hey, that's okay. Hey, I have an idea. I think towards the end of this, let's, let's, uh, let's have a, let's have that discussion. I've got a couple that I would recommend <laughs> in, in, in multiple facets. Cause I love to read, uh, as it is as a, a growing adult as well at the ripe old age of 41. I feel like I've, uh, I've learned a few things, but also forgotten most of them. So here we are, right? <laughs> I, you want you want my list of books, or, or... Oh, oh no, I'm gonna give you some recommendations. Don't you worry. Okay, <laughs> I got a pen and paper here. There you Ready. go. Okay, so Crystal loves Moto, right? That's how you're known on Instagram. But I had to yeah. figure out. I was like, you have a last name, and so I am I gonna do. do my best to pronounce it. And I want you to give me a one out of ten. Okay. Okay. On how bad okay. and or good of a job I do doing this. Are you ready? Yes. So Crystal Levesque. That is like a 2.4. Yes. Okay. Not a, not a zero. <laughs> you know what? It's uh Crystal Levesque. Levesque. But it was, okay. It, it was close. Um, I get it though. Not many people can pronounce French words very well but it should have been the key the key part is quebec right ends kind of like your last name does right exactly so, all right so <laughs> crystal loves moto right like there's this is your moniker this is who you are this is where the majority of the world that that knows who you are knows you as crystal loves moto so yes you know what's who is the 32nd version of crystal levesque 32nd version of Crystal Levesque. Nobody even knows that name, you know, unless they go on Facebook, but. I think um, you just answered it. Nobody, I don't know. No, um, <laughs> but you can take that either way, right? Crystal Levesque or Crystal Loves Moto. Like what is the, like, how would you quickly introduce yourself to somebody that maybe has never met you? Uh, I actually get this a lot. Most people, as you said, just say, hey, uh, you know, I follow you. Crystal loves moto. I've even actually had people ask me what my name is, believe it or not. I'm like, well, it's Crystal. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, oh, that's not fake, right? Okay, got it. <laughs> that's who I am. Um, yeah, I've uh, back dating like I think seven years ago when IG started. It was funny. We had no intentions. It was all new, and it was just like, oh, you know, you plug in a name. And I was riding moto all the time. So I'm like, you know, I had three choices. I'm like, ooh, Crystal loves moto. And then as my page grew and got bigger, I just couldn't change it. it people were used to seeing that. And that's kind of what I was known as, right? So um, it's stuck. And now I'm enduro and I get like, well, why isn't it Crystal loves enduro? <laughs> nice. Yeah, you're like, you, just, well, I mean, you can't change it now, right? You got to start somewhere. You got to start yeah, somewhere. So that's okay. Yeah, and the jersey, the jersey gives it away. So I have had a few people and I'm wearing the jersey. Oh, that's your last name. Or, you know, are you French? <laughs> I don't speak French, but I do come from a French family. So 
Yeah, look, my last name ends like uh, a French city does in Canada, if that helps. In Canada, you are Canada. very American. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome, I think, is, is the way to look at this. So you seem to ride all the time now. And, and we could, we'll talk about, I guess, like maybe a little bit of curating Instagram and things of that nature later. But have you had a chance to ride recently? And, and what was that adventure like? Yeah, actually, I just rode. Well, not this past weekend, the weekend before. I did three straight weekends of um, freaking back to back gnarly trips. They were long days. I think we did like 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And I had just a variety of people come over, some from the islands, some from the mainland, IG, people I met on IG. And we just did these seven, eight hour days out there together. Um, yeah, it was awesome. Lots of single track. I, I'm usually doing a lot of drills. So over the winter here, I've been riding tons of single track and it's, it's been a, a good change for me. So nice. what, what, okay. And, and again, for the, for the layman American over here, you're like the mainland, <laughs> the Island, like, where is it about that you're riding? Right. That, and then where are other people coming from Island to me, I assume means Vancouver Island, but again, little, uh, yes. Little okay. unknown. So I'm, I'm on the mainland, um, in BC. So if you're familiar with Vancouver, and then, of course, there's Vancouver Island. So that's like a two-hour ferry ride from where we are. And then there's another little island just kind of off the mainland, which is called Bowen Island. And they're like a 20-minute ferry ride. So we've got a few little kind of islands around here. Um, but I've met uh, a couple great riders off IG recently in those areas. And they've come and done uh, the weekend trips over here to kind of see what we're about up here. And it's not very common that we're riding. Like, it's January and we've got like pretty much spring spring like weather so everybody's kind of coming over this way still snow on the island right oh i love that man that's so cool i have had yeah. so i don't know the area extremely well as you said typical american unfortunately like that's the the only knowledge <laughs> i do have is the the two times that i've gone to whistler so flying into oh Vancouver yeah and mountain in the first time i went was like two no i've been there three times sorry it was 2000 yeah. for snowboarding and then 2005 2007 for mountain biking when i the yeah. only so I did get a chance to enjoy some North Shore mountain bike riding in 2005. So I'm assuming this is obviously the ignorance part of it, though, that that is tenfolds that what you guys get to ride on your motorcycles in all other parts around that area outside of Vancouver. Correct. Yeah. So the North Shore is actually where my suspension company is, and they focus a lot around downhill. So that area is just littered with downhill riders mountain bikers um it's beautiful and then whistler of course is is the place where everyone goes to sled ski snowboard during the winter so i'm about two and a half hours from there and we've got mcnutt and vetter which are in tamahai which are like basically three mountains very close together and we are so lucky there's no snow up there i mean it's only like 2500 3000 feet i think in elevation so we don't have any snow and it's like i said it's like riding fall spring yeah. weather sometimes you just uh, brought up something interesting is so when we go to colorado right living in north texas drive the 12 15 hours however many pee breaks you need to take to get yourself to <laughs> the mountains of colorado right um, yes we have to we have to buy a year-long pass but that's in reality the only entry fee that we have right there's there's some other places you might have to pay a little bit more money but it's it's very easy buy-in yeah. What, what does it look like for you guys? Because I'm assuming you're also on public land uh, there in the, the mountains that you're talking about. Like, what is that? Yeah, that we're on Crown Land, actually. Like? Okay. Yeah, uh, we're on Crown Land and we have um, a huge portion. I want to see like McNutt, for instance. We've had guys riding that place um, 25, 30 years, the Pagans originally. Those guys put in so much volunteer work. So they have implemented a program. Um, of course, it's not mandatory, but it's the right thing to do if you're not out there doing trail maintenance. It's $40 for a year pass. This is Canadian dollars. So that's like what, $22.50 American. Uh, right. <laughs> it's very cheap. Um, if you want to do the full pass uh, to support the clubs as well with the maintenance and kind of bringing in extra things for to build bridges or whatnot, it's $80. So I buy a pass to all the local mountains. Um, I'll usually buy a full pass with the membership for the club to my, the main mountain I ride. And then all the other places I ride, I'll just buy the year pass for $40. And it definitely helps. It, it gives back to us tenfold. We have the most incredible riding over here. And, and, you know, we don't have the rules. Like I see some of the American rules and they're super strict with certain areas. We don't really have that here. So we are pretty lucky. 
That's awesome. Yeah, kind of, I, I like what you're saying about it not being mandatory. That's understandable, but to be able to support the people that truly are supporting the sport. And I know that yeah. um, a place we have gone multiple times with seat time and just privately in the sense of like the family is uh, the Tamichi Creek trading post there in Sargent's. And uh, those, those guys out of that place are doing a ton of work there in, yeah. in the National Forest and all the other riding areas that we have. So if you I know one of the things at the trading post is you can go buy a trading post shirt, but there are some other shirts off to the side that you can go buy. And that goes directly to the people that are helping, you know, upkeep the trails. So it's always good when you're in these areas to, and maybe you're new to the area, you've been riding there for 20 years. You may not know, like ask who's doing the trail work. How can I get involved? Or at least can I give them 20 bucks every time I ride just to help for the, the work that they are doing out there? Yeah. And I'll say, um, you know, now the borders are closed right now, obviously due to COVID, but before that we have tons of American riders, um, in the Washington, Portland area that come up here to ride. And that's what they do. They donate, they buy a pass, even though they're not riding here all the time. And it's vice versa. You know, if we go down there, it helps the clubs, like you said. And I think sometimes we forget how much work it actually takes to build, you know, crazy trails from green to blue to black to double reds right that's just so much work building bridges all the time um always upkeeping and upgrading things so that everybody can enjoy the mountain from beginner to intermediate to expert it's a lot of work and the clubs are always being pressured by you know perks and rec or other riders and it's it's very hard to to kind of keep track of everyone out there so the website supporting like you said donating money buying t-shirts sweaters goes a long ways and it it also keeps our race series going right yeah yeah absolutely um you mentioned race series do you race that's one of the things that i've again kind of like looking back at your history there is talk of odessa 100 but couldn't find any results i know you want to do the 50 miles of that at one point in time you wanted to go ride in moab do some racing in 2018 and 19 um you know what does that look like for you how do you bring that into your enjoyment of the sport yeah. So, um, I started, I don't know, four or four and a half years ago now with Enduro. So it was a goal of mine to do a few races. Odessa was my main goal. And in my head, I was like, Oh, you know, I want to place top 25 or something. Um, so I did that race with Megan, uh, not last season, the season before. So 2019, the last, the last race that they actually had before COVID. And I ended up doing the 50 mile and I placed top five women. So it was amazing for me because I don't have a racing background and I just put in a lot of seat time and work. I was super nervous, but I ended up doing really well and it kind of pumped me up and I was like, you know what? I can race. I got this. And I also learned that I do really well under pressure. I actually ride really well under pressure. So kind of was a relief to get out there and just set a goal and and accomplish it. Um, And then I came back here and I decided to do in my head. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do the series that we have. It's a PN series. It's just kind of a local race format and um I did the first one and I placed second out of 21 women and I was like okay this is definitely my jam and then I shattered my arm two weeks later (laughs) so so it was uh yeah and that was a really terrible injury and that kept me out for a long time and then there's been no racing since with COVID so yeah I would like to do some more of it it's not something that I'm going to dedicate my life to but hands down it's definitely great cross training that's awesome. And looking at, I, w- I did, since uh, it was the year that I was missing that you made it, and it looks like you were 68th overall in, yeah. the, in the 50s. So for those of you who were looking, they had 317 officially finished in their elapsed times. I would say you did pretty darn good. Thank so you. Yeah, take, it was awesome. Not, I'm just a guy on the internet with a microphone, but I still think you did a pretty <laughs> damn good job. I felt like I held my breath for two and a half hours, but it, it was cool. Right. And, uh, quick quick uh, question on the format of that event, the Desert 100. How does that work? Is that 50 straight miles as in you're out for 50 miles or are there loops so that you're getting gas in certain spots or are you carrying everything with you? So this was the first year that the women's did 100 miles actually too. So it's 50 miles. You just go for 50 miles. So um, once you get back after the 50 miles, you refuel and you go out for another 50 miles. So you're doing two full laps if you're doing the 100 mile. Yeah. And it's nonstop crazy town. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. There was a guy, uh, Brady Davis from the uh, Washington area that came on one of the seat time adventures with us. And he had been trying to drag me up there for years. Still hasn't happened. I would love to be able to make that event because that's, that's something I would really enjoy to do where it's just get on the bike and ride. 
don't well, you not- know like i'm not caring about passing people i just i'm out here to enjoy a totally new terrain right a new yep. place i've never been there's all the history of it the, of this yep. of the style of an event um and just then finish it and or try to anyway and then at the end of yep. it at least have one beer um that, that's the accomplishment so. <laughs> is just the finishing it part right and hundreds like i can't even begin to tell you hundreds of trailers and you're walking around and people are literally coming up to you left right and center making conversation and like it's really cool like i follow your page you know and it's just basically three days of socializing the racing's great but the the people you meet it's incredible that's awesome i met yeah. a lot of a lot of women actually so off of um ig and um yeah, it's just a cool environment. You're all kind of stuck out in the desert for three days or four days, and it's just full sends the whole weekend. <laughs> I love it. Uh, who doesn't love a good full send weekend, right? Exactly. <laughs> so taking let's let's take it back. Okay, God, I'm gonna screw this up. Crystal Levesque. <laughs> That's oh my God, ten out of ten there. Holy great. shit! I have a, I, I, an Amer- American who can be taught, folks. Okay, so you, let's you take. You even sounded a little bit Canadian there for me. Eh? <laughs> oh God! By the end of this conversation, <laughs> the accent will be strong. I know. I'm, I'm, anytime I've gone to Canada, I come sound home. Texan or you'll sound Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> it's even worse because I grew up in Louisiana. So if you sound like you think I do, you will not sound Texan. <laughs> I think Megan's even got that going on a little bit with the y'all. You know, we say a and you guys say y'all. So we do uh, love our y'all with her. We do love our y'alls. That's all good. (laughs) Let's take it back. Like, where does this young crystal that doesn't even have Instagram get on her first motorcycle? Okay. So some history. Um, I actually uh, was with a guy for 11 years. We have a son together. Son's 19 now. And back then it was, I think it was 2007. I would have been around 22 ish. I think our kid was like five or six. So we bought him a 50. I got my first bike was a DRZ 125. And my boyfriend at the time had a Honda 250 and he was into track. So it was kind of just a family thing. He just, he got me into it. And yeah. And I I kind of, I hated it to be honest in the beginning. Mm. I'm thinking, what is this guy doing? We don't have time for bikes and all this. We don't do this. No, we don't do this in this family, man. No. <laughs> we play soccer. Um, so I freaking loved it. He'd take me to the river all the time. And like, I swear to God, by like two months in, I destroyed the wheel bearings. And I was just like, I need a new bike. I want to do more. Um, I just became obsessed with the challenge too. And it kind of took me away from my mom duties. It was like something I could enjoy outside of being a mom and doing all that kind of stuff. Um so like the two, three hours I was out on my bike, I was just like, wow, this is, I'm living the dream here. And I went on to continue to do it and he, he, he doesn't anymore. So yeah, he's the one that I have to thank for getting me into it for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it, it, and I kind of want to keep going for a little bit because, you know, we we're trying to collect, we're trying to curate, right? Like all these stories, the why I ride stories. And like mine was literally to feel free. And I heard a little bit of that there, you know, and what you're yeah. saying. But I mean, is there, do you have your own mantra with that? You know, that you would tell people that they're like, man, why do you do this? And you would, what is it that you would tell somebody when they would ask you that? Um, I have many reasons. So first of all, I'm a pretty feisty girl (laughs) in terms of like, you know, energy. That's another thing. It's just like, it calms me down. I'm, I'm go, go, go all the time. I'm like I said, I'm kind of got that rough appeal to me a little bit. If I'm not riding the bike, I need to be in the gym to burn off the energy or the frustrations in my day. Um, you know, when you're working full time, you have all these hobbies, you have a lot of frustrations. So it really just helps me to get out there, clear my mind and be able to ride and not think of anything. Secondary, it's so challenging. I mean, who doesn't like a challenge? If that's your personality type, you're kind of always striving for, for more. It's you never, nothing's ever good enough. You don't want to be stale or stable. You know what I mean? So it's like wheelie and then it's a pivot and there's always something to learn on a bike. It's funny because I think when we log in online or, you know, we're scrolling pages and you see these, it's like, oh, that's super easy. You just hop on and go. But when you, the reality of, of it is, I think I'm like 12 years in now and I'm just like, I feel like I'm just making a dent with this. So it's like never ending that. challenges. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, for me personally, personally it's just yeah getting frustrations out and honestly I put so much of my anger sometimes into my riding that that's like why I ride well sometimes yeah (laughs) whatever it takes to find that flow right Uh, 
do you think that your thoughts on why you ride and some of the challenges that you were just talking about that you can find on the trail, do they differ from when it was just moto and there was less trail riding involved? Like how, how did, how did that evolve for you coming from somebody that was, you know, kind of a family rider, you know, like out there just kind of like with the crew and you were wherever they were, but maybe more, more moto track. And then you evolved to trail riding, you evolve into more harder obstacles and racing. Um, Do you feel that people see it differently and that it was different for you then? Absolutely. It was, it was much different. So I always look at kind of moto now as, as I always say, riding a dirt road, I get on the track and I feel like I could go for three hours straight, but of course not riding at the capacity of like somebody that's doing a 15 minute moto with a 200, their heart rates at 200. You know what I mean? Um, so it was never, I was never really great at moto. I was okay. I mean, in the 10 years I rode, I think I didn't really progress as much as I have with off-road in four years riding off-road. I've progressed immensely year after year. So it was kind of funny because a lot of motocross racers look at enduros being much harder. Like you're going over obstacles, your body's getting a beating. You're out there three, four hours. Right. And then you look at moto and you think it's a little bit easier, but it's a mind thing. You know, those jumps are huge and the risks for me getting injured on those big jumps that that always kind of crossed my mind and held me back a bit. Um, but I've actually been injured way more in the woods, but for some weird reason, it's just my jam. Like you just keep coming back. I just keep coming back. And like I said, the moto track, it's like, to me, I'm just doing circles. Right. And it's just like, if I go on a 5k run every morning, I do the same run. I need a different view. Eventually I'm like super bored of that. When I go to the woods, I can go anywhere. I can go to the top of a mountain peak and have a beer, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I can go for a race pace, two hour ride with my friends. I can always switch it up what I want to do. I can go sit on a log for three hours and practice pivot turns. So there's way more variety for me. So yeah, in terms of um, which one, I obviously enduro, I prefer more than moto, but that's awesome. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And your evolution on motorcycles as well. I think we all go through this, right? Like we have the bike that we started on for me, it was a JR 50. So my evolution was whatever my dad was getting me next. Right. Yeah. Um, but, But when you get to that point, where you can start purchasing your own or you have to purchase your own. You, you, you talk about, you know, being on a four stroke and then coming to two strokes and what, what was yep. that like for you? And I, and, and I've got some questions too about bike setup and things like that, but I kind of just want to know coming from motocross, you know, being, mm-hmm. being on four strokes and what it was like to start making that transition to a two stroke and being in the woods more and, and how you enjoyed that process. Yeah. So of course I started off on the DRZ 125, which you know, it's four stroke, kind of gutless, but the safe zone. Um, and then the story leading up to that riding on the river was uh, Mission Raceway. It's a local raceway we have here for car races. And at the end of that quarter mile track, they have a motocross track. So going to the car races, my son's uh, father raced, you know, Mustang. So I'd always go on the weekends and kind of sit and watch him do that. Um, I came across that motocross track and then I was like, Oh, this looks fun. All these people <laughs> ripping around. So that's when I got the, the, um, CRF 150R, which was, I think back 07, 08, 08, I think. And then I said, Oh my God, I really want to try one of these races. Cause I'd sit at the fence and just watch the gates drop and all the kids go or whatever. And this looks easy. Um, so I got into doing that and I got really injured. Actually my first attempt at racing and thing, I knocked myself out um Par for and the course. then i, I was we've like all been there. yeah it was pretty funny and somebody actually so, there was a photographer there and he got the whole sequence so i was mortified i'm like oh my god i'm trying to race and like this these pictures are everywhere the new kid out there right they thought i was like a 12 year old boy so <laughs> um <laughs> i stepped back from that and i still had that 150r and i rode the river again yada 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 i kind of did that for a few years and i went in and out of the track um and then from there, I just kept growing. Like everyone's like, you've outgrown the spike. It's time for a new one. So I think I went to like a YZ250F. It was used. And then I went to like CRF250R. So I just kept going on the two st- or on the four stroke train for so long. And then I ended up the KX250F, which was the ultimate bike. Um, and that's when I met Megs. She was on the gas gas two stroke at the time. And I was, she was riding woods. I was riding moto. Um, and we kind of crossed paths and... I started doing the trail riding thing. She started doing the moto thing. She actually went and bought a four stroke. Um, and then we, we'd go out and she'd teach me how to ride woods and my bike. I'm telling you a moto setup in the woods is like a nightmare. It's a nightmare. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was just 
so it was a bad experience and you know she'd be like stand up and i'm like i can't this thing's like wild as hell <laughs> and Got going from a wide track to single i had no balance like it was so comical because i'm like how can you go from a big track to single track and there's trees around you and all of a sudden you just can't even ride a bike anymore so i had zero skills i'm telling you right now megan can definitely back me when i say i literally would fall every 10 feet i would hit trees get frustrated um, so I, I toughed it out and then I ended up on the KTM 250 XCF. So it was more enduro style four stroke. So I kind of kept the four stroke thing going, but it had obviously the better gearing, the kickstand, the whole bike was a little different. Right. Right. Um, and I think I was on that for like a year and a half and our local Mount McNutt, it's really tough to ride. Our, our greens, like our easy stuff is actually like a lot of kind of the u.s stuff when i look on lines riding like the blacks like it's just super technical terrain Love tons it. of rocks yeah um and i just get my ass kicked all the time on the four stroke it would flame out i still worked through it but i also didn't have a recluse and i refused to get a recluse so everybody every single person i knew out there was on a two-stroke and they just kept saying you know you're going to progress if you go to the two-stroke it's lighter you're going to be able to use that clutch more you're going to be able to actually do these pivots and these wheelies that you always talk about um, but on the four stroke being five foot, 230 pounds, it's just a lot of work. Uh, and then seeing Megan, of course, she was on the Husky TX 300 for a long time there. Right. So that's kind of what inspired me to go that route. And I went that route. It's been two years now and I've made more progress on a bike than I ever have in my life on the TE 300 tons of power. But after about six months, well, I broke my arm on it too. So yeah, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then we just became best friends after that and everything's been great <laughs> so. that's awesome and yeah. ha, um I, I see you helping a lot of people um and yeah. that was that was kind of what gravitated me to you um is mm. that kind of like got, i think was built to ride from that point and then after that i was really watching your page and how you interact with people and it sounds like yeah. you also got a lot of help from other people right was that something, Absolutely. is it in your DNA to pass that on? Or do you think, or, or was it something that evolved from the way that you maybe got help from people like Megs and other riders that you're talking about that are out there on the trail with you as you're progressing to the racer and rider that you are now? Yeah, no, um, I've kind of been this way since I was a kid. You know, I've always been the kid at school helping other kids on the playground, whatever. Uh, even just, I think that mom mentality, right? Having a boy and kind of always being there to help him and, and ensure he's growing too and doing everything he loves to do, pushing him to do things he loves to do. Cause most people notice he's not on a bike. It's not his jam. Um, right. so yeah, I mean, of course I was choosy about who I had helping me when I started, because as my page grew, you obviously attract good and bad. You attract, so it's, it's a, it's a crazy time, you know, when you're on a page. Um, so everyone was always pulling at me and I had I felt like I was overwhelmed with advice all the time. So I kind of clung to Megan for a long time as the female that I looked up to riding to. Um, and then a couple of local guys from the clubs kind of took me under the wing. And even at some points they'd let me ride their bikes. Right. Right. Here, go try this out. So honestly, a big part of it was, I think most people thought I was a natural at riding off-roading and, and enduro and all this kind of stuff in as you get further on someone's page, you kind of lose sight of how they started and all the crashes I had. And like I said, I couldn't even stay on the bike for more than 10 minutes. So it was really important for me to give back and also inspire. I mean, I started off with women, I should say, inspiring them and encouraging them, you know, saying, you know, I never started off as a great rider, you guys. Like, here's some footage. I was glad I documented it. I'm five foot two. I'm, a, I'm like the total opposite of most um, women riding enduro Megs and myself we're, we're very small um, and then we're on these big bikes so I think it was just important for the sport to grow to keep reminding these women that with hard work and everything they can do it and then giving up my free time before I was doing the clinics I was out on the trails hosting free free rides with the girls and you know, we'd stop at a route and for instance I would say okay these are the this is how your body position needs to be this is what you need to do in terms of clutch and throttle and let me tell you how many women appreciate that you know then they go tell their girlfriends and they tell their girlfriends and then they have their little girl groups going out there basically preaching what I told them to the other girls so it kind of becomes a domino effect nice. of all these women yeah so 
Um, I think that's kind of how it works for all of us now, because I do see a lot of other women, even the amateur riders or the girls that are starting out also helping other girls, right? Yeah. Do you think that it's different woman to woman versus man to man? And then maybe the other way where it's like, there's a man trying to help a woman or a woman trying to help a man. Do you think that yeah. we do that wrong or differently? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll say, cause this is so freaking hilarious. I can't tell you how many times I've rode with couples and the guys are swearing at their girlfriends. <laughs> oh, you know, pick your effing bike up, get the, get your shit together. You know, and they're just so hardcore. They have like, it's like, they, they feel comfortable talking to them that way because whatever the dynamics um, and, and women are so different. They're like, I got you. Don't worry about it. Let's 10 of us lift this bike together. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's a way different atmosphere. And also how can you, you know, and let's, let's be real amateur women or like even intermediate women um, to even get to that level is pretty hard. So when you look at men that are like amateur men, they're pretty much an intermediate woman. Like I can say a few times I brought guys out to ride and they're like pretty new within six months. They're almost destroying me. It's just the way it is. Right. Uh, size, stature, muscle, man brain. I always say, cause it's like, they don't process things like we do. We sit there and look at a route for 25 minutes and then we're like, Ooh, how many ways can we get over this? Psych <laughs> ourselves out. Guys I don't know. Don't I feel like I do the same the thing. So please don't, uh, please, please put me in that group. <laughs> You can be with the ladies then. There we go. Um, Sometimes it's but more the fun. guys I noticed, they, they just send it. And then the funny thing is, is um, <laughs> when I watch men give women advice, it's like comical, unless they're guys that have a history of teaching or something, but they're just like, they just basically sit through it. They don't finesse their riding like we have to. They don't look at our size difference. Like I always say, man, you're five foot 11. We're five foot two. We can't do the same thing you're doing. We have to work around this. We need to make sure our feet are on the pegs. You can dab. We can't. So I do notice that a lot on the trails with men giving advice. Um, <laughs> they, they want their girlfriends to have like the biggest bikes right out the gate. <laughs> They're just like, go full scent. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's definitely not that easy, regardless of it. No. It, it's uh, it's interesting because uh, if you watch some of the videos uh, that we put out on the Seat Time channel from this summer, I took my son. He's uh, seven at the time, eight right now, loving riding dirt bikes, mountain bikes, all the things that we do, right? We took him to yeah. Purgatory Ski Resort for the downhill there, and he wanted to do uh i told him i was like bro we're gonna start in the greens you're gonna see how you progress it was just barely <laughs> big enough to fit on the 24 inch full squish uh what was it the rocky mountain reaper or something <laughs> i'm not yeah. as his father i was fucking floored like i can't like <laughs> just looking at him in that gear looking goofy as shit but the the, the ear to ear grin of him just yeah. like oh my god and then the, uh it was um, so that in itself just seeing that made me ecstatic but what's funny is watching the footage back, it, I had to, and I had to make fun of myself because I caught myself literally over coaching him, right? Like yeah. I literally didn't shut up on our first run and I have video proof <laughs> of this, unfortunately. So I have to call myself out, but in the video, I even talk about going and then I noticed that and, and I didn't realize that I made that distinction though on the trail and you go yeah. on our second run and I shut up. Like yeah. <laughs> realize that it's like, what I need to do is I need to get in front of him and show him and then yeah. he can kind of follow along. And if he is somebody like you're saying, probably more like ourselves, who's a little bit more aggressive, who wants to kind of figure it out and put themselves yeah. in precarious situations, he's going to try to emulate me much more than try to listen to me and then also do the same thing. <laughs> like, Oh yeah, for sure. And trust me, tons of people that I've worked with are, they're very visual. It's like, you can explain something till you're blue in the face, especially on Instagram when, when you write up something. Um, but if you show them step-by-step, step, yeah, they catch on way quicker. And that's kind of how I am too. If somebody actually sits with me and it's like, okay, these are the steps, the four steps to get the wheel off the ground. Yeah. But if someone's pressuring me or, or, you know, being snarky or like, oh, you know, this is super easy. We sometimes forget that it's easy for us now, but we have to still take ourselves back four or five years ago to our struggles, right? I love that. Before, yeah. before we preach it to someone else, because it's easy to go, well, you know, it's freaking easy. You put your foot up on the log and, you know, a little gas, but it's like, no, man, I took me a year and a half to get there. Um, so yeah, if you got to put your brain back to where you were a beginner and kind of when you're working with new riders. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. 
where where do you see yourself wanting to take that right is that what crystal loves moto does now is ride and help people do you have loftier goals do you have smaller goals right like what where is what is this building yeah well i never had any intentions of anything when i started like i said um you know in previous interviews i've done i just kind of had this page I, i loved riding there was no women doing it online and kind of just grew from there And now it's like my whole entire world. You know, I have so much going on from sponsorships to helping women to hosting clinics to getting to travel and ride. My whole life is based off of, you know, enduro and riding and this passion I've built. So it's, you know, in some sense, I look at part of it as a job. Obviously, it's become a job, but something I really love. But the other side of it is I absolutely we need that 50-50. I need my own time. The last three weekends, like I said, I've two days, you know, Saturday, Sunday, I've put been out there six, seven hours a day with, um, like-minded riders, you know, we're all around the same pace. That's the most fun I've ever had. Like just full sends all day long, just with rowdy people. Right. But I have to separate those rides from helping people or giving myself a day, a month where I can go out and host a girl's ride. And then in the summer host a clinic. So there's just a variety, but for me, I need the challenge and I want, I don't want to lose myself to, um, you know, when it becomes work and you don't enjoy it anymore, I need a balance, right? So I need to be able to train and do the things I love to do. I want to enter some races, kind of want to do my own thing, but then on the other spectrum, help where I can. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So is, is how, okay, we'll just leave COVID aside for right now and the borders being closed, but how hard yeah. is it to get into the States, right? To come and travel down here and to do a bunch of races and things like that. So I live right at the border on the Canadian side, just uh, close to Blaine, Washington, mm-hmm. literally five minutes from the border. So it's super easy for me, um, despite COVID, <laughs> as you said. So another thing was, uh, you know, Megs has the same setup with me. She's got a few bikes down there. So I had in- recently intended to fly down to Texas and just ride for a week and then fly home. Um, but then they increased the restrictions on the, mm. the flights and everything. So that kind of was like, oh, that's not going to work. But I also have that benefit when COVID's not happening. I can even, I can just fly down or or drive down. Um, so I will definitely be doing that once the border opens. And you know, when you're online and you're doing all this stuff up here in Canada, a lot of other places notice that and they want to host you. So I've had a lot of different um, clubs, you know, advertising or asking me to fly down and help with a day or show up for a day and help with clinics and you know, the pay your way kind of thing. So there's tons of cool things I can do once the border opens. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully it does. Cause I remember, was it the first rev limiter when I got a chance to meet Malcolm Hett, the, the guy that does run built to ride. And I know yep. he's probably itching to come back down. So you could catch a ride with him if he's coming down for the rev limiter in 2021 in April. Um, yeah. Fingers that guy's crossed, right? That you guys can do that. Oh, it feels like uh, mentally insane. I, I could see mentally that. insane. I've never seen somebody that literally can just shut his brain off and ride like a crazy man. Um, yeah. And like you said, he's the owner of built to ride and he picked me up and helps me out a lot. So yeah, he, his family goes way back with racing in Canada, BC. Um, but yeah, I would love to ride with him. He was actually just up here a couple of weekends ago riding too. <laughs> Badass. But yeah, yeah his, he'll definitely his... be down there and I should even try to do something like that just for shits and giggles. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not like the, the ladies class is growing every year. I noticed even the override that they had at Rocky Ridge ranch, right? A rev limiters moved to Bridgeport and then Rocky Ridge is now hosting the Red Bull override. There were ladies in the override of uh, the, there were ladies racing in the women's override class. Right. Um, yeah. So there's definitely more and more options that are, that are opening up. So yeah. What is it? April 20th or the 22nd, I believe in that around that time frame for the uh, rev limiter for this year. So yeah, the, find out the borders are open, put it on the calendar so you can hold it off. Yeah. I know they've already canceled Odessa, so that's a bummer, but um, yeah, I think we're looking at probably August, September, to be honest. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah I know. Are. All right. Well, I have to, let's, let's, let's end on a lighter note than thinking about the border still being closed. What do you think is the most Canadian thing about you? (laughs) I say a a lot. Um, that's not most Canadian. I'm sure that's most (laughs) Canadian say most Canadian. (laughs) Well, (laughs) shit, you got me here. Let me think. Oh, I will say, I, I know what it is. Us Canadian girls are definitely known even in the U S for being, athletic outdoors use you know we have like the hikers the bikers 
this is the place, Canada. So right. I would say that's kind of where I fit in is being a tomboy man. We've got chicks that play hockey over here. I mean, you know, we drink syrup and live in igloos and play hockey and ride dirt bikes. That's, what, that's and what wear we toques. Do over here. You wear toques too. We wear toques and I'm constantly reminded that they're beanies, but <laughs> It's all good. I, uh, I know when I, yeah. So the, again, the three times that I've been up there for physical activities, the snowboarding and then the downhill and twice, uh, it was insane. Yeah. Like, like yeah. you would go to the bar and like, luckily enough, most of those times I was single, uh, go to the bar, <laughs> hanging out, chatting with chicks and shit. And they weren't like the people that worked at the stores. They were, that was the chick that just ripped past you on the freaking double yeah. hill. Like <laughs> we literally have so many, yeah. I can't even believe that slipped my mind. Um, yeah, it's insane. So many talented women, like from, from every sport too. You just, it's crazy. Like I said, women's hockey, it's, yeah. I'm sure um, there's a lot of that in the U.S. too, but it just seems like it's like a winterized crew over here. We got girls ice racing and doing all this crazy shit, you know? Right. All the time. Snowmobiling. They have that up there too. But um, yeah, I would say Canadian women are outdoorsy athletic type of most of us anyway love it <laughs> we so enjoy you, the outdoors <laughs> enjoy the outdoors so do you, you said don't run a recluse do you still not run a recluse no i'll never run one honestly megan would punch me in the throat and um it takes away from your skill set i know i get beat up a lot saying this and it's you know it's not intended to put anybody down um but unless you know i've got a lot of metal in one arm and um that's my clutch hand and I still managed to do it. So unless you're literally disabled in that hand, I just feel like there's no excuse, no, you know, to have one. Um, they just don't feel the same in terms of learning clutch control. I can so, understand that. No, that's uh, it's. I think it's a, a valid uh, argument to have because in the yeah. long run, there are times and places for them. And I like what you yeah. said about like, they, like it can help a lot of people enjoy their time on the motorcycles more. And if that's your yeah. goal, go get a recluse. Like it, it, but that's right. Your goal is to be out there and to continuously become a more advanced rider than what you're talking about with clutch and throttle control is where you need to put some focus, you know, not yeah. just going out and riding around for 30 minutes with your buddies. And if, but if yeah. that's what you want to do and have fun, that's, that's okay. It's just yeah, the exactly. advancement will be different. Um, and and I think the cool part about it is, is that, um, <laughs> I get a lot of people actually in the woods asking me, you know, what recluse I'm running. And I, when I say I don't, they're actually kind of taken back. And I think that's so great. Cause it makes it seem like, you know, you're really working out there. You, you're gaining those skills with clutch. You're working extra hard. The fact that people assume you have a recluse is like, Whoa, you know, like I think a lot of people assume Megs and I have recluses cause we're small. Um, and I get asked it a lot. But yeah, no, definitely anti-recluse. I've had like wars on Instagram over this too because people get really chapped when you oh, know a smaller. I have I have now realized about. that responding to every comment is not how I'm going to live my life because I put, no. that, I put that reel out totally because Instagram makes reels now. I should have fun yeah. with this, right? So I slap yeah, yeah, my yeah. ass and have this like poor actor way of introducing. <laughs> oh no, I fell over on the trail, like. Hopefully you would take that this is like totally sarcasm, but also hopefully trying to be semi-helpful. And I just am yeah. getting reamed. Wash your bike. Oh, yeah. Go There's fucking ride. I'm just like, oh, I got just We've get out of my life. We've got a lot of Karens. We've got a lot of Karens. a lot of Karens. Yes, we do. You know, you would fit into Canada. We don't, you know, we don't care about that shit. I noticed uh, 80% of my following is Americans, like 20% Canadian. Honestly, just the, the difference in politics and everything, is it's just way different from here to there. We don't I can't disagree. Get as much of that shit, I find. But well, the I, good I thing do is, notice, is like, my political podcast. We'll record that one tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a shit show. And then I, we I can get into it. On some people's stuff, but I'm just mind blown. I'm like, just let the guy ride, man. <laughs> <laughs> As a, I even, uh, yeah, it's it's hilarious. And then on the other hand, it's like you know, like people will uh, go download it somewhere and then repost it and tag you as like, hey, they got credit. And I'm like, yeah, thanks, but whatever. And then it's just like, very, so, uh, Thanks, so but whatever. yeah. Okay. So your bike's lowered two inches, right? When did you decide to do that? And how has that helped you? Okay. So this is funny. I'm sponsored by suspension works and I didn't tell them I was getting the bike. So I just went and grabbed the bike and I was like, okay, I'm ready for my new suspension. 
And when I brought it in, they were like, no, this bike is way too big. Crystal, you need to take it back. I posted a photo of that in my story like a few days ago. Where <laughs> oh, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you barely, yeah, yeah, you I'm could not touch. Dead. I'm a foot. Yeah. And they were like, what the hell? We could not make this bike like what you need it to be. Anyways, they did. They put aluminum spacers, revalved, um, lighter springs. I've got like a three-way um, shock adjuster in the back. Like these guys go above and beyond for me. So it was pretty sagged out. And then I had the full armor skid plate on the pipe. So it even looked lower. And I rode it like that for a year. And I was like, okay. And then as I got better, I went back in and I had it raised up. So it's only an inch now. Okay. And I took that. Yep. And I took the skid plate stuff off. I just, I don't need the, the foot anymore. I think with the power, I just wanted to feel lower to the ground and have more control because these 300s can get away on you. Right. Yeah. Um, but as I got more confident and everything, I just, and as I got faster, a, you know, a faster rider, everything stiffened up on the bike too. Right. My suspension's a little stiffer. Yep. It's a little taller. Um, yeah, and it's freaking perfect now. So it's what awesome. you're saying right now is what I'm hearing is depending on how you use it, an, an inch yep. matters. Oh, it, it always matters. All right. All right. Good to know. Good to know. Good that to know. can go a long way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's wrap this up. Favorite band and or style of music? No pun intended there. Oh, gosh, no. Why would I ever? <laughs> wink, wink. Wink. Let's wrap this wink. up. <laughs> Oh, oh shit. Oh, oh, you got me. I didn't, you're right. I didn't mean that, but here we are. That's just how my brain works. It's so, uh, so it's much Canadian fun. humor too, you know, I'll take it. <laughs> so do you, what's your favorite band or style of music? I like country music. I'm a nerd. Yep. That's all right. I'll honk, honky tonk all the way to my local riding spot. I like a variety of everything, but, um, Miranda Lambert, she's my my jam man yeah there's a uh, those crazy blondes there's a youtube channel that i follow called western af and they Mm -hmm. have like oh just dudes and ladies with their acoustic guitars instruments what you know like and but it's all about the voice it's all about the setting and they just let the story that the singer is trying to say you know tell shine through holy like i could just leave that shit on repeat like and i'm not like i don't listen to country music that is popular in the united states because i don't consider that country music i consider country (laughs) music people like chris knight like people that have stories to tell (laughs) and um this western af shit like it it, it's my jam it's where i'm at with that kind of music i need that pump up music before i ride just like honky tonk to my local riding spot and i'm ready to go <laughs> no see that's what i like pull out um stuff like a devil wears prada and get all like uh, metal on people and scare the shit out of them Shot of tequila before you ride no <laughs> no 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 i do that shit sober i've learned i've learned the hard way oh, too many times Americans nowadays don't do that okay no other there are plenty that do <laughs> just not this one. i gotta tell you a funny story about an american girl she came up here to ride and i ran out of water her name's Amanda. She's hilarious. Anyways, I said, can I have some of your water, your water pack? And I just, you know, I spat it out of it. I said, what the hell's with your water? She said, oh, I put a shot of whiskey in there. <laughs> a shot of okay. whiskey in the water? In the water. That's disgusting. <laughs> Probably more than one shot, but it was pretty comical. I hope she listens to the podcast. Oh, we'll make sure we send it. Try to find her and uh, drop it in her DMs. <laughs> And that's when I knew I really liked Americans. <laughs> <laughs> We're not all that bad. Well, okay. I, I don't want, I, I know I told you I would keep it roundabout just under an hour. Like, so I don't want to take up too much more of your time. What did I miss? Yeah. What is there that you have maybe never told anybody or you were like, nope, I've said everything I have to say. Like, what is it? What, any, any other random moments in your life that you want to share? Hmm. I don't know. I feel like I have kind of spilled it all on IG in terms of like my injuries, being a mom, that's always a big shocker to people that I have a, you know, almost my son's almost 20. Um, I keep a lot of my private life off social media. So if you don't know that, well, now you do. Um, I'm an open book, man. I'm <laughs> pretty much what you, what you see is what you get online. So yeah, I don't know if I have anything extra to share. That's awesome. Well, I really appreciate it. Uh, for you yeah. taking the time to share a little bit more about yourself. I have really enjoyed following you on Instagram for a lot of the reasons that we talked about, right? I I have Thanks, found, man. yeah, I have found a new love myself the past two years of truly trying to be better for myself so that I can yep. help, help other people. I may not yep. have the knowledge, but if you need to find it, I can try to help you find it. Those kinds of things. And I, I feel like that is what I got 
you know, from kind of following your page is that you have this desire and this, this need to make yes. sure that people are finding the information that they're looking for. That, that may not mean that you have it, but you're going to help them figure it out. Uh, yeah. It's kind of a big reason why, you know, a few of us um, have our pages and they've grown, you know, information and getting more women in the sport, more men too. I meet tons of men that, you know, say we've helped them out as, as well. And then also I think for you is, you know, it sounds like you grew up riding young, right? You yep. said something about J50. So you've kind of been doing this since you're a kid and now you have two young kids, right? Yep. Um, so it's just keep the ball rolling, right? You have, you have a daughter that's also interesting to it too, right? She's, how yeah, old is she, she? She's, uh, well, yeah, the 14 year old is a 14 year old. Liam's all into it at eight. <laughs> and then, yeah, but Nora, man, she got on that state. She was terrified of the PW50, but she's been ripping ass on that Stasic. So hopefully yeah. that transfers to the PW50 or maybe the 20 inch whenever they come out with it. <laughs> yeah. And even, even though the younger girls, they see us out there, you know, and they, that's what they aspire to be like, oh my God, you know? that girl's on a dirt bike. They, they start young. I've seen them five, six, seven years old. So it's kind of what they see. And, and like, like I said, you as the parent, even though you've only been back into it for, you, for a few years, it's kind of, um, it's not always about racing, right? It's fun family. Like I said, mine started out as family rides and I'm here now. So you can just grow so much within the sport. So yeah, it's pretty cool what you're doing and, um, the wire ride project and getting the ball rolling with, um, getting to know riders. And I think you've posted quite a bit on your page just with local riders I've seen even yeah, um, that aren't in the race scene. So it's really nice that you're kind of highlighting everybody. Thank you. you know, yeah. That was, that yeah. was one of the things that's interesting and it didn't come out this way. I, I'm in the long run. There are so many people that so many different types of people that do this and so many people that do this for so many different reasons. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I think as racers, because I am, I've been racing my whole life as well. We just yep. think of that as the sport. Um, yep. And we don't realize that there's so many people that do this that have never even considered, they might not even know racing exists for this style of, of an inter entertainment for them. Which is super cool because that's a big part of it, right? Is that, yeah, there's just so many parts to this. Not everybody has that. Um, Oops, sorry, my other phone's going here. Not everybody has that uh, personality type to get out there and race. It's just more funner getting out there with your friends, right? It is more funner. I agree. Yeah, it is more funner. That is a damn word. Um, <laughs> and also, yeah, I met you. I met you. Just you know, you hooked me up with some random hoodies, and it kind of. So yeah, it was it was pretty cool to just meet you online or whatever. Um, and now you're doing podcasts and introducing all different types of riders, racers, amateur riders. So that's how our sport is built, you know? Yeah. I uh, hopefully keep going. Pages are built. Well, you keep doing what you're doing. I'm going to try to keep doing what I'm doing and we'll see how this goes for us. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully we can link up and ride. And I know Meg said you're quite hilarious to ride with. So it's just I'm because I, uh, <laughs> I'm funny. I'm funny looking and I crash. Well, that's all. That's, that's why she enjoyed it. That's, that's why we ride. You know, I live, <laughs> that's what I live for. Awesome. So hopefully I make it over there by the end of the year, but yeah. Sweet. Well, thank you very much for your time, and we will see you on the internet. Have a good one, man. Boom. The second Seat Time podcast of 2021 is in the books. I had a lot of fun chatting with Crystal. What did you guys think? Please share this with your riding buddies or leave us a review on whatever platform you're using to consume your podcast. Enhance your pre-ride and post-ride shenanigans with some Seat Time branded merchandise at shop.seattime.co. Submit your Why I Ride story to the project at SeatTime.co. Enjoy getting seat time during February. Ride your bikes, tag at SeatTime in your adventures, and always enjoy a pint full of awesome.